Wow. Here we are. Episode 100 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. I can't even believe it. On episode one, I taped it on a snow day in my walk-in closet, had major butterflies when I pressed record. And uh, almost a hundred episodes later, here we are. And today we are flipping the script. I brought back a mentor and a friend of mine, Lisa Chatler. She is a wonderful speech language pathologist who was so kind to me when I visited the ASHA conference solo for the first time five years ago when it was in Los Angeles. We have been fast friends ever since, and she is helping me celebrate episode 100 by interviewing me. This is a super fun show. I'm so excited that you are here to help celebrate this milestone episode, and I cannot wait for the next 100 episodes as well. So let's get right on in to this episode. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Thanks so much for joining us on episode 100. I can't even believe it. Wowza. We have an amazing episode today. I hope that you're going to enjoy our talk. We have with us Lisa Chatler, who is a friend and mentor of mine. She was on episode seven, and we talked about social skills, answering WH questions, and comprehension. It's actually a very popular episode. And thanks so much for coming back on, Lisa. Wow, I really, really appreciate that endorsement. That uh, means a lot to me. Thank you. And Lisa, I actually, so when I started my business, ABA Speech, about five years ago, I had three very small kids. Let me think. My youngest child was almost two. And I boarded a plane to go to the ASHA conference because I needed to network in real life. And of course, I picked the year that it was in LA. So it was probably the farthest ASHA from my house here in Ohio. But you were very kind. And I'm a member of SIG 16. And you're very involved with ASHA. And you were so very nice to me at that conference, which if you've ever been to an ASHA conference, it can feel very overwhelming if you're not going with people. And I wasn't. I was going solo and I didn't know anybody. So it is, even for somebody like me who's pretty extroverted, it can be extremely, extremely overwhelming. And so thank you for being nice to me because I needed I needed that friend and um, and you've been a friend ever since. So I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. And so today, Lisa is actually going to ask me some questions and she is going to interview me a bit. And so that is how we are going to celebrate episode 100. And we have come so far with the podcast. I remember taping my first episode. I was in my walk-in closet. It was my kids had a snow day and I knew what I was going to talk about. I had a little outline and I was extremely nervous before I pressed record. And it seems silly because I do lots of trainings and lots of webinars, but I was talking to literally no one, but I was extremely, I was extremely nervous. So here we go for episode, episode 100. 
Well, congratulations on reaching this milestone. I'm super proud of you. I've learned so much by listening to your podcasts and from the amazing, amazing experts that you've been, uh, that you have featured over the last um, year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you're remarkable and your work is remarkable. So I really appreciate, but I'm so ex- secretly excited that I get to channel my inner Terry Gross this morning. <laughs> There you go. Oh, um, I'll never, never be anywhere nearly as good as her, but, um, but she's just sitting on my shoulder, helping me out here today. So here, let's just get, get started and dive right in. So let's go back to the beginning, Rose. Um, how did you decide to become an SLP? I love that question. And actually, my mom was a teacher, high school teacher, and she was teaching a career course. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And so she gave me a career test my senior year. And it said speech therapist. And I thought to myself, I have no idea what that is because I didn't have speech therapy. Nobody in my family received services. So we did have a family friend who was a speech therapist. And I went and I shadowed her and her manager at work. And we did it all in a day. It was home health. We went to a school. I went to a nursing home. And I knew on that day that that was exactly what I wanted to do because it was something where I would be with people all day, which I really love to be around people. I love to talk to people and I love a helping profession. I love that so much. And it was science-based, but not a lot of math because math was never my strong suit. So it was absolutely perfect. I declared my major and I've never looked back and I've been a speech therapist for 20 years. So yay. Thanks, mom. I was going to thank your mom as well. (laughs) (laughs) Gifted to this profession. And how many people can say that their moms influence their career choices. So also thanks to your mom. <laughs> That's really in- interesting. So th- at some point, you decided to become a, a behavior specialist. Mm-hmm. What was that about? How did that come about? Yeah, you know, so in my graduate program, I had a school rotation with a public school speech therapist. And we had a lot of kids with autism. And I really loved seeing those kids. Those were my favorite kids to see. They were had very unsafe problem behavior. They had behavioral barriers. And it was really fun for me to plan their sessions. And when they would communicate or we saw things that they were doing on their communication journey, it was really just filled me with a lot of hope. And I loved it so much. So my second year as a speech therapist, I took a position at the Cleveland Clinic, used to be called Center for Autism. And that is the first time I ever learned about applied behavior analysis. And I'll never forget, I had a student who was 18. He had no way to communicate besides using very unsafe problem behavior. He couldn't go out in the community. He had no way to communicate. And what's so sad, Lisa, I'll never forget looking at his old progress notes because he was in special education since the time he was three. And he also received speech therapy and nobody could reach him. Nobody could help this student communicate. And so we were using, the teacher was using applied behavior analysis and I was doing speech therapy. And that combination together helped that student start using a tech speak to communicate, which is a static AAC device. Actually, I don't even know if they're around anymore. This was 20 years ago almost. And he was able to communicate for the first time. I'll never forget when he pressed music and he loved country music. And we were 
listening to the music and I was gesturally prompting to the button on his device. And then on the third trial, he was able to do it on his own. And so we were rocking out to some Garth Brooks, Shania Twain. It was very, very fun. But it was in that moment that I realized that I was so joyous that this student at 18 was able to find their voice. But I was also extremely depressed that at 18, he was finding his voice. I didn't want that to happen to any other student. And I know that it is. And so that type of learner can be really hard to work with because I had a great graduate experience, but I wasn't equipped to deal with that type of student who was not eager to participate in therapy, to say the least, at first. And so I really have made it my life's work to help professionals reach those students who historically are hard to help. I was going to ask about a student or a situation (laughs) that changed it all for you, Mm -hmm. but I think you just told that story. Yes. Yeah. And I remember, I remember when I learned about applied behavior analysis and putting together with speech therapy, that's when I started then deciding that I wanted to become a BCBA, which was so very long ago. I've been duly certified for 10 years now, but I remember telling my coworkers, I want to go places and I want to tell people about ABA because it can really help certain students, especially students who have behavioral barriers that are not going to respond to our traditional approaches. And so I feel like with my platform of ABA speech, I'm able to, I'm doing some more in-person things now, which is exciting. And through webinars and things like that, I can reach people literally all over the world. And that brings me a lot of joy knowing that I can help people. Well, I think that we're all grateful for those decisions. Um, who who has influenced your journey toward becoming duly certified and and kind of reaching out into the bigger world? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like there are a small number of people who are duly certified, who are both speech therapists and BCBAs. So there are less than 500 people. And so as soon as I started my online business, I I think that second year, I went to ASHA again, and then I went to the largest BCBA conference, which is called ABAI. And it was in San Diego. Of course, two years, I'm going to super far away. That's okay, because it was very fun. I had never been to San Diego, I don't think, until then, about four years ago. And so I met one of my mentors who is a BCBA, also a mom to one typical language learner and one autistic uh They're adults now. They're in their 20s. Her name is Dr. Mary Barbera. So she has a really great story. She is was a nurse. And then her child was diagnosed with autism at three. And she completely immersed herself in all the research. And she became a BCBA. And now she has her PhD. And she also has an online business as well. So way back in the day, about five or six years ago, I messaged her and took her courses. I knew that we were going to be fast friends because we basically talk about very similar things. She talks about more the whole child. I focus just on communication. Her audience is parents and mine is professionals. But I knew that we would be fast friends. And we have. She's been such a a great mentor to me through the online space and just autism and keeping to put one foot in front of the other when things get difficult and hard as they do with anything. And yeah, so I think she's been a huge inspiration. And definitely, I have a group of people that are duly certified that are friends 
And anybody who is an SLP and BCBA, if we haven't met yet, please message me because <laughs> it is a very small group of people, but it is, it is a strong group. And I had a fellow SLP BCBA on, she said, it's the nerd herd. And I, I like that. I want to be part of the nerd herd. So yeah. Well, I, I would say that you probably are. And, uh, and we all appreciate you for that. Um, has Mary written any books that might be of help to those of us that uh, are looking for to, to be better at our jobs? Absolutely. She has her first book is called The Verbal Behavior Approach. And that is the first book that I read. I had moved down to Austin, Texas, and I was going to be an autism facilitator and support specialist, kind of an admin role for a 35 school district down there, Leander ISD. And they said they used verbal behavior, which is just a specific way to teach language that's kind of falls within applied behavior analysis. And so I read that book. I remember I went down to UT's campus and I got it because I don't know. I didn't buy it on Amazon. I, you know, I was probably definitely very frugal back then. So I got it from the library and I read it. And it was very inspirational for me because it just put everything together with the students that I was working with. And so that was probably my first touch point. So that is actually a very good book and it's very parent friendly. So if you're somebody who's new and wants to dip a toe into what some of those words mean, even like manding and tacting, and if you're working with a BCBA and you've heard those terms and you're feeling unsure, that is a nice read. Absolutely. Dr. Mary Barbera, Verbal behavior approach. Mm -hmm. Sounds interesting. Um, any other individuals that you can identify as influencing your journey, um, mentors, or people who've just been inspirational? To you? Absolutely. I think my other one is my business mentor. His name's Pat Flynn. That is who I have been listening to his podcast for five years before when I started my business. So as I was driving to my school-based position as an SLP, which I did for 20 years, I was listening to business podcasts because I just had an idea and a vision of what I wanted to do with ABA speech and how I wanted to share information about students that are that are hard to reach and to help professionals make me meaningful progress with their autistic learners. And so I think by listening to his podcast, it really gave me the mindset that I could do this. And sometimes when you're doing something new and something that is scary, you just need that reassurance. And I took his course on how to do a podcast and it was very step-by-step -step and boom, now I have a podcast. <laughs> now we're doing episode 100. So he has definitely been an inspiration of mine. Well, he certainly uh, should be proud of, of what you've accomplished so far. Um, speaking of, of individuals, somebody who's not, I'm going to ask you about somebody whom you might be interested in getting to know that you don't already know. So in a magical world, if you were granted an hour with anybody in the business, and I'm going to say that somebody that you don't already know personally, yeah. who would that be and why? I think somebody that I would love to meet is somebody named Donald Miller. He wrote this book called Story Brand. And so Story Brand is all about how can you be very clear on your message and what you're doing. So when I first started ABA Speech, I was doing courses on everything. I was doing courses on autism. I was doing courses on 
speech sound disorders. I was doing courses on general literacy. And after I read that book, I got really clear on what I do, which I think I already knew. What I do is I talk about autism and how to help your autistic learners on their communication journey. But after I read that book, it really tightened up what I'm doing in my business. So as we speak, actually, hopefully by the time this airs, we're batching ahead, you know, as any good type A SLP would do. My website will be revamped. So I've worked with a story brand copywriter and a story brand website developer to really get that message across that when you land on abaspeech.org that you know, hey, this is Rose and she is here to help me whether I'm a speech therapist or a BCBA or a parent. And I love to help people with courses. That's really what I'm most passionate about is that sharing of information to then help you help your learners in a very specific way on their communication journeys. I love that this last bit of of information about uh, Story Brand and, and Donald Miller is not specific to speech. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know who do I want to meet. I mean, if I wanted, I mean, gosh, I got to meet Dr. Edith Strand on the podcast. That was. I mean, she's just like, wowza. I mean, that was a part one, part two. She is an expert in the area of apraxia, but is just such a lovely person. So I may have some other speech-related people on there, but they are probably people that I want to get on the podcast. So I've I've already met Nancy Kaufman. That was another (laughs) person I really loved. And I talked with her, oh my gosh, maybe four years ago, we were talking on the phone about different things. We were potentially going to do a project together. And so... I mean, having Nancy Kaufman hit me up on my personal cell phone, that was that was a life highlight. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah. And um, I don't know. That's it. So I if there if I haven't already mentioned them, it's probably somebody I might want to get on the podcast someday. That's what's nice about the podcast is I always got in trouble when I was younger because I was always turned sideways in my chair talking to somebody and I would have like a really good grade on my report card, but a poor citizenship grade because I was extremely talkative. So the podcast is my way to do that in a professional way. I would like everybody in the audience who has that same story to stand up because you ne- you now have nobody left in chairs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that was uh, an issue for all. They just didn't understand that we were already in training to do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, one of the things that I like most about you is is you're just always so cheerful. Sorry about the dogs. No, that's okay. I don't leave the door open. They're they're <laughs> gonna, they're going to be scratching. Worse. Um, you make it all look so easy. You're very cheerful. You've you've got a big. You've got a family. How have you, um, or have you ever struggled with the demands of the job? a busy family, and growing your business all at the same time, I might add. Absolutely. So I started ABA Speech five years ago. I was also a school-based SLP for 20 years. So I was the past five years working three days a week in a public school as a speech therapist. And then I was running ABA speech, I would say two days a week, but it was really five. And it just, as ABA speech started to grow, and grow and grow and grow, which it has done every year, the demands of being a speech therapist and running the business and being a mom to three kids was just so much that I actually made the decision a couple months ago at the end of May to step away from my career as a speech therapist in the schools, which I really never thought I would do. But I started to feel that going into work 
as a school-based SLP was actually taking away from what ABA speech could be. And so I have really enjoyed, and I'm just scratching the surface on what ABA speech can be. And I'm very excited for this journey. I'm getting to do more in-person talks and more trainings during the day and things that I never would have been able to do if I was still, quote unquote, in the classroom. So that's really been amazing. And I just, I like to work out. So I feel like even taking a walk is a way that being outside is a way to have some type of work-life balance. But I was extremely stressed. I think every year that I had ABA speech and I was a school-based SLP, every single year I got extremely more stressed because it was just too much to the point that I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. So that was a weird decision. I actually made that decision last November. So I knew from the time of November to May that I was not coming back. And I told my close friends and my director was not, she was not surprised. And she actually retired this year anyway. So it actually was completely fine. My friends threw me a retirement party and yeah, it was very sweet. So I'm so close. I do miss my friends, but what's weird about having an online business is I do see people all day, every day, and I make sure to do something in real life with people every single day. So that's been good. Like today I went to Pilates. So, you know, (laughs) I love the way I really love the way that you're taking care of yourself emotionally and physically, even though you had to make a difficult decision. um, There just isn't space for everything that we all want to do in our lives. Absolutely. I'm I'm very proud of you because I think you've got a lot to offer the rest of us and, and it could not have been easy. No, it was a big decision. Very big. Waffle on it once you made it. Right. What do you say to yourself on the days where you're going, did I make the right decision? I haven't had one of those days. Uh, No, I haven't had one of those days. I'm thinking to myself, I should have done this a long time ago. That's That's what I'm thinking. I should have done this a long time ago. Absolutely. Because I can be here for my kids. I get them to school in the morning. I pick them up at the end of the day. I kind of joke that I'm a stay-at-home mom who's running a business. And that's pretty much the truth. All right. Let's go back to books just here for a moment. If you were to write the definitive book about what about your message about um, as being a speech pathologist and a behavior specialist, what would that book, what would the message of that book be for the rest of us? Yeah, the message would be that we really should work on collaborating and thinking about the best interest of the child. And I know that's easier said than done because what happens is a speech therapist has one bad run in with a BCBA and then thinks that every BCBA is mean and overly confident and arrogant. And that's really not the case. And I think some BCBAs don't value the opinion of a speech language pathologist. It goes both ways. I definitely think that the way that social media is now where there are so many SLPs who are very, very anti-ABA is very sad because I think that we really need to make a decision based on what is best for the client, what is best for the family, how is the student making progress. And so it would really focus a lot on that collaboration. And it doesn't mean that we have to be besties if we're collaborating. I definitely, believe it or not, have gotten into disagreements with BCBAs as a school-based SLP. 
And I have had professional dialogue with them around AAC and other things. So I almost think I should do a course for speech therapists on how to advocate about clients' communication with BCBAs because I think sometimes BCBAs come off as overly confident and that what they say goes and that we don't have any research to back things up, which isn't true. And so I almost think that would be a good chapter in that book as well. I think that sounds amazing um, and very much needed from the reading that I've done and the um, conversations that I've listened to that that seems so valuable. I find that we as a as a profession tend to be people pleasers and will go along with to, to keep peace. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people are like that. Um, I can be like that, too. Um not only not always to to my advantage and so giving us the confidence to have those conversations kind of laying it out i could think that could that could just be um career changing for us mm-hmm. rose that is this is such an amazing topic i could we could go on all day talking about the the wonderful people that you've met along the way and um, the amazing work that you're doing and trying to teach us to do that as well. What um, what would you like to offer up as a kind of a closing um, thought that's going to stick with us all day? Kind of like a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> I like that. Like a bowl of oatmeal. That's good. Yes. That's going to stick and make me go, yeah. Yes. I thought of that. Right. I mean, I would just say you are doing an amazing job. I think sometimes as speech therapists and BCBAs, especially in a public school setting, we can feel like we're never doing best by our students because there's not enough time and we don't have the right space and we don't have the right materials and we don't have a color copier and Velcro. And I could go on and on, but I would just let yourself take a deep breath and know that you are doing what's best for your students. And if you want to learn more about autism and have a transformation in your therapy, to think about taking one of our our ASHA courses or one of our ACE courses, we're a provider for BCBAs too. And so we have courses, Start Communicating Today for younger students and Help Me Find My Voice for older students and now the Advanced Language Learner for students that are already spontaneously communicating and to really make a difference in the lives of your students to, to take some professional development that's going to be transformative. But to know that you are doing your best. If you're worried about, am I doing good enough? You already are because you're thinking that way. So just know that you were a bright spot in somebody's day. I love the way that you're so supportive. That that means the world. We've got to be supportive of each other. It's not a competitive career. Um, we can We can share what's best about all of us with each other. Rose, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I've learned so much about your journey, your passion, your utter, utter commitment to us being, bringing out the best in the rest of us. Um, I can't thank you enough for honoring me with this, uh, this interview. And I hope that your audience gets to see a little bit more about who you are and what makes you tick. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on to help me celebrate episode 100. It was great to chat. Congratulations. 
Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.